0: Today's first lesson comes from Genesis and it's part of the story of Joseph and I cannot resist preaching just a moment on this story because I love it so much. The one that we just heard is an incredible moment in that big story. Now a reminder of the way that Joseph's story works, Joseph was born of Jacob and his brothers were jealous that Jacob loved him so much and so they sold Joseph into slavery, remember that. They sold their brother into slavery and he goes through lots of different things, bouncing and bumping around, but he ultimately finds himself number two in Egypt. And while he is number two in Egypt, there's this horrible famine back home. And so now his brothers have come to Egypt and they need to be saved. And Joseph figures out, that his brothers have come asking Egypt to help them, and his brothers figure out that Joseph is the one there, number two, making all the decisions, and of course, they realize they've got to go and grovel hard, like they need to go on their knees, on their face, because they sold this guy into slavery. And so they go groveling all the way, begging to simply be slaves, because at least they'd have shelter and food. And then Joseph says this incredible thing. Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do me harm, God intended it for good. Put another way, Joseph basically says, even though a terrible thing happened to me, and you are the ones that did the terrible thing, God has turned that terrible thing into something purposeful. In the great arc of God's salvation story, Joseph's pain was turned into an incredible opportunity, given real purpose, because God's never-failing love sustains us all the way. This is amazing. And just think, it's hard for most of us to forgive the people who do dumb little stuff to us every day. And here, Joseph is passing on this incredible forgiveness. Now yes, people hurt us all the time, and we are called to forgive, but lest we think that only other people do all the wrong stuff, remember all the wrong, dumb, mean, careless, terrible things that we have done to other people. That's right, that's us. Oh yes, we are far from perfect, and yet, we are forgiven. We are forgiven. Of those wrong, dumb, mean, careless, terrible things that we have done. And we do not need to carry the weight of the guilt and the shame with us every day. We do not need to carry all of that weight with us because God is seeking to take that weight from us, carry it for us, so that we can be freed of the wrong things, freed to be able to pick up All of the purposeful, good things that God puts all around us. Now, for all of you theological types, you know that the next step from forgiveness is reconciliation. But I don't have time for that. So we're not going to do reconciliation today. We're going to focus on the first part, and that is the forgiveness. That putting things down when we have done something wrong. Now, imagine all the worry and the concern and the guilt and the shame that we carry around with us is like bags of groceries. Now, if you carry shame and guilt and worry and concern like I carry groceries, then you try to carry as much as possible in a single trip, right? You've got a balance on your head and your face, and then whatever the lightest bag is, you like hook on your pinky finger. I see you. So that is the way that we actually carry around all of this guilt with us if we're not willing to hand it over. We're carrying around like a bunch of bags and because we're still carrying around all this junk, it's difficult for us to pick up all the good things that are right in front of us. Today, we are being reminded to put down all the baggage, to put down all the pain, to hand all this over to God. God came. Jesus came to say, like, I'll take this from you. Jesus wants to carry our pain, carry our baggage for us. But if we're gripping it really tight, he just can't. We see this kind of message in today's gospel lesson. Today we get one of the most grace-filled math equations in the entire Bible. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? as many as seven times? And I'll pause here to say, what even is this? Because remember, Jesus is there and he's called his disciples and they're walking around with him, following him and learning from him. What church are they talking about? Well, Remember, these gospels were written decades after Jesus's earthly ministry. And as you might imagine, as people were trying to follow Jesus, they did so in a community. They formed these little churches in homes and other places and like good church people they started to annoy each other and when they did that they said to each other what are we supposed to do when someone hurts me they're not being like jesus and so am i supposed to forgive them yes i'm supposed to forgive them but that guy does the same thing over and over and over again and how many times am I supposed to forgive that guy? So we're seeing this kind of come into the gospel lesson here to help us understand what it's like to be in faith community with one another and so in this moment Peter says how many times am I supposed to forgive that jerk who keeps doing the same stuff over and over as many as seven times? My gosh seven times sounds like a lot right? Jesus says not seven times But I tell you, 77 times. And some translations actually make this seven times 70 times. Now, those of you out there who are counting the number of times you've forgiven that one person in your life, stop. That's not the point. This is not actually to keep track. The point of this story is you forgive every time. And it's not because you're a punching bag. It's because you deserve to forgive the people who hurt you. You deserve to put down the weight of that pain and that heartbreak. You deserve to forgive as you, as we, have been forgiven. When we do that, when we forgive and we put down that weight, it gives us the opportunity to claim new purpose. When we free ourselves of that baggage, we can pick up the good things that God has put all around us. Now, I've said this for many weeks now. We've talked about discipleship, the identity, why we come together. This idea of discipleship, of forming ourselves as good followers of Jesus, that's why we're here, to be reminded of things that we forgot this week. We come back together to be reminded that we are forgiven, that we are called to forgive, that we are forming one another in our own discipleship identity. Discipleship matters, but without handing over our burdens, we can't really do what we were created to do, to be who we were created to be. Handing over our burdens to God frees ourselves. And I love you enough to expect that you will hand over these burdens. And I hope you love each other enough to hold one another accountable to hand over your burdens so that you are freed freed for a much bigger purpose. That's how disciples hold one another accountable. That's the kind of stuff that we often don't really want to do because it kind of feels rude, but that's what God calls us to be and to do for one another. Over these first few weeks of the school year, I've invited a bunch of people together for a series of little lunches, and these people all have tweens or teens right here at St. Michael. And we sit around the table at lunch and we talk about what we really hope for our children. And the crux of that hope is actually showing up and investing time. Well, nobody has all the free time in the world. Our schedules are packed. We are very busy. Oh, I heard that too. He'll be okay, don't you hate that? As we sit around this table and we talk about all the ways in which we hope for our children, we realize that we have to set priorities. We have to actually put some stuff down in order to pick up the important stuff. If all we do is accept busyness more and more, without any kind of prioritization, we're gonna miss the things that are most important and most important to each other. And we are actually called to help each other Remember what is most important. That kind of accountability is necessary for us as disciples. Being present to one another, that is critically important. Remembering to one another who we are created to be so that we set our priorities right, that, that is what we are called to do together. We know that the world is nuts. We know that news stories Remind us all the time that the world is nuts. And we come here to remember that we can actually trust each other. That when we work hard together, when we love each other, when we do not let our pain get in the way of the goodness we're called to be, we can actually live the way we wish to live. We can deepen trust and we can find shared purpose. Here in this community, here at St. Michael, we're reminded again and again that deep trust and purpose are possible. Here in this community, here at St. Michael, we are reminded again and again that we are loved, no exceptions, and that we are called to go out in the world and love every other person, no exceptions. Here in this community, We find our sacred purpose together and God is ready and waiting for us to claim that new purpose because we believe very truly that the best is yet to come and when we commit together, we can achieve anything. That is sacred purpose. That is what God's calling each of us to do right here, right now, and for the rest of our lives. Amen.